for an inside look at the state's biggest footy league, it's the Monday Waffle. Welcome back to another week of the Monday Waffle. Only three games this round, but each decided by a goal or less. An exciting round 20 of the Waffle. My name's Dan Lichens, I'll be your host today, and I am all alone. So hopefully you don't get too sick of the sound of my voice because it's the only one you'll be hearing, except for our very special interview this week. Nine seasons and he's stepping down as the coach of the Peel Thunder. Cam Shepard will be joining us today on the podcast. We'll also be looking at the exciting round that's just been three games, but all blockbusters. Also, we'll be looking at the announcement that the Waffle made today at a press conference regarding the grand final. So all that and more, make sure you tune in for this episode. Now looking into the scores for round 20, not one game with a margin over six points. Incredibly close, all three games this weekend. The first was the Royals taking on the Sharks. The Royals kicked 12-12-84 to the Sharks, 13-8-86. So the Sharks barely taking it by two points. That game, East Perth led very early, but East Freer smashed in the third quarter. Come back from East Perth late, but not enough to take over the Sharks, so they got a two-point win. Looking at the goal kickers, Matthew Young kicking five for the Royals with Edward Simpson kicking three goals one. And for the Sharks, we had Dylan O'Reilly with three goals one and Hugh Dixon with three goals. In the disposals, Rowan Kerr leading the way for the Royals with 31, Angus Scott with 30, and Angus Schumacher with 26. And in the Sharks, Blaine Bokas had 26, Matthew Jupp with 24, and Jamie Mead and Thomas Bennett both with 22. At our next game, it's another two-point thriller. Peel Thunder 10-16-76 took on the Eagles 11-8-74. A massive comeback from the Thunder. They trailed by 44 points nine minutes into the third. They proceeded to kick eight unanswered goals to get out in front at the end. The final goal by Marlon was not enough for the Eagles and Peel came out the victors by two points. The goal kickers for the Eagles, Bailey J. Williams had two goals, one Kupinitschke also with two, and for the Peel Thunder, Michael Randall with two, and Tyrone Thorne also with two. In the disposals, Michael Randall had 37 disposals to go with his couple of goals, with Stefan Gerrard with 27 and Tyrone Thorne with 25. And for the Eagles, Braden Ainsworth had 32 and a goal, as did Xavier O'Neill, and Ben Johnson had 28 ball gets. And in our final game of the week, the Sunday afternoon game, the Falcons edged out the Bulldogs 11-7-73 to 10-7-67. South Freo led all day, were up by 26 points at some point in the third, but West Perth kicked four to start the fourth quarter and kicked two goals in the last five minutes to win by six points. Of course, the last goal kicked by Tyler Keitel. He kicked four altogether. Rudy Riddell kicking three and Conal Lynch kicking two for the Falcons, whereas Hayden Schleuth kicked two. Zach Strom and Mason Shaw also kicking two for the Bulldogs. In terms of disposals, Aaron Black and Shane Nelson still chopping it up in the midfield. Black with 41, Nelson with 32, and Tristan Hobley just behind there with 22 for the Falcons. Jake Florenka with 30 and a goal for the Bulldogs, along with Tom Blitchenden on 29, and Jacob Dragovitz with 23. What an epic, epic round. Only three games, but all down to the wire. Thrilling, thrilling waffle football. If we have a look at the ladder, it's getting very interesting because West Perth have moved. They've jumped on top of Claremont. They've moved into third place. South Freo on equal points with them now. So it's coming down to the last two rounds to see who will be the top two. Subiaco on the bye, still sitting pretty on top with 48 points. South Freo, West Perth and Claremont all on 11 wins. Of course, South Rio just edging up on percentage there, and Swan District on 10 wins, like rounding out the five. East Freo has made a solid case for sixth place on the seven wins, East Perth with six wins, and then Peel Thunder with five, and Perth and West Coast just on the bottom there with four wins each. 
It'll be very interesting to see how the last two rounds shape up. Will we see someone else take top spot from Subi? What is the top five going to look like in terms of order? Who will be playing who in the finals and who will get that coveted by to start the final series? Will it be Subi or will someone else take that spot? I guess we'll have to find out. But that's it for our ladder update and round 20. I'm Dennis Cometti. If I'm listening to the Monday Waffle, then you should be too. It's not too often that the Monday Waffle Podcast gets to bring you breaking news, but today we do. Today, the WAFC chairman, Wayne Martin, held a press conference out at Optus Stadium to announce that the grand final will be held on the 2nd of October with bounce down at 3.10pm. So it'll be all the Colts, Reserves and League grand finals on that 2nd of October. They've moved it from the Sunday. Um, It's usually on a Sunday, the Waffle Grand Final, but they said it's going to make it easier for families to get down, and they really want to make a big deal out out of this Saturday. We want the day to be a festival of footy. We're going to encourage family attendance. There'll be opportunities for kids to come to free for free. So it'll be great to see families down there. It'll be great to see kids getting involved down there for free, obviously. Um, and they're hoping for quite a big crowd. We would like to see 22 to 25,000 at least, and hopefully a bit more. Um, so that's what we're pitching for. Um, we'll be disappointed if it's less than 22,000. So yes, great news coming out of the WAFC there. Wayne Martin also spoke about the AFL Grand Final. There were questions posed to him about if he'd like to see it here. Of course he'd love to see it here. Um, he's a WA man born and bred and we'd all like to see it here in the West. Um, but he was helped with the proposal from the state government uh, given to the AFL, but he hasn't had too much uh, to do with, with the logistics. So it's a decision for the AFL to be made if the AFL Grand Final's got to be here. But no matter what happens, the Waffle Grand Final will be on the 2nd of October on that Saturday bounce down at 3.10pm or the Monday Waffle team will be there so we hope to see you there as well make sure you get down and buy tickets as soon as they come out on sale Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking coming up on the left His high ball to half forward's a huge one to win gets closed down We'll kick virtually on the side Oh, that's your mark of the season so far Awesome. We fight one more round. We get knocked down, we get up. We fight one more round. Come on. Last week we had retiring Peel Thunder veteran Will Schofield join us on the pod and we keep the Peel theme continuing. The nine-season-long coach of the Peel Thunder is moving on, Cam Shepard, and he joins us today on the podcast. Cam, thanks so much for joining us on the Monday Waffle. Congratulations on a fantastic career. Before we go into that... Tell us about the weekend's game. You came back from 44 points down. How amazing was that? Yeah, they're pretty rare games, Dan, when, you, when you're well down. And we put a strategy together at halftime and asked the players or told them the way forward of how you possibly could win. Really, it happens that it works your way. But on the weekend, um, everything clicked after halftime. And, uh, you know, it was a real tight game in the end. But... Uh, one that we were really proud of. Awesome. So, you mean, you're down at halftime, you know, six goals down or something. What do you say to those boys at halftime to get them revved up when there's no chance of playing finals footy? The only reason to win the game is just for the pride. Yeah, look, I think the first thing you do is um, everyone who goes and plays footy likes to to win. So when they came in at halftime, they were really down. And um, you could tell looking around the group, that there was possibly a lack of a lack of hope. So the first thing we do is we put some strategy in place to show them that we as coaches are thinking about how we can help the team win. And that was clearly Bailey Williams had been the dominant ruckman and Braden Ainsworth had been had twenty seven possessions. So we put in place 
couple of players to run with those two and give them jobs. And then I said, if we can close them out and everyone else uh, starts to run and owns the ball and uses it properly, then um, we thought that West Coast, with their high number of um, players that aren't listed, might be susceptible. And um, that's the way it worked out. You know, and congratulations on the win. It was a, it was a, it was a fantastic victory. Um, and and now looking back on your career, you you might not get to the finals this year, but you took Peel to their first finals back in 2017. After that, you won two back to back flags. Um, you know, looking back on your career, how's it feel to, to come to an end? Looking back on on such success you've brought to the club. Yeah. So the um, you know the period at Peel, the nine years, obviously when I joined. We were in a partial alignment or started in a partial alignment with Fremantle and the club had, I think, in 16 or so years, I don't think I know, in 16 or so years, run last eight or nine times and second last in the other times. The only time I finished out of the bottom two was when it came seventh one year, I think. So it was a daunting task to take on a club that was considered the easy beats of the competition and took, you know, two or three years to build... um, our own depth and then to gel with our Fremantle players without training with them. So, you know, um, build, understand the game plan, not only them but myself. And then and then to um, to bring those two groups together and, um, you know, it gives me great pleasure and great, uh, you know, I'm really pleased with the fact that we could not only make the finals in 15 but then and work and win two premierships against a very strong Subiaco side. You know, I think in 16, we had a really good team ourselves. In 17, clearly, look at every stat. And I remember Jared Schofield saying that every stat would indicate that Subiaco should have won that game and won it easily. So um, to have won it against the odds is uh, something that we'll forever remember. Absolutely, it's a fantastic achievement. And you mentioned um, that alignment with the Dockers. It officially went through in 2014. Um, as a coach of, you know, what could be considered a reserve side, how does it feel, or how, what was it like kind of adapting your team and having to adapt to what the AFL level was, was looking like that weekend? Well, I think every week is a challenge. You never have the same team. So if you coach your own team, invariably you get great consistency in who's playing for you. So the first challenge is to, you know, recognise that you're, you're probably having five or six changes each week, to not only your own team being having injuries in forms of your locals, but um, but your Fremantle cohort have injuries. And, and then you get players that are disappointed because they're dropped from Fremantle's team or really trying individually to put their hand up in front of Fremantle people to get a game. So, look, the challenge is managing people's expectations and then bringing them all together for the common goal. Now, I think over the period of time, that's really been one of the the people management skills that I've uh, enjoyed. And, uh, you know, we've seen it it work really well. I've been really well supported with a great run of assistant coaches as well with, um, with the want for us to succeed as their own. Absolutely. And I mean, yourself as a coach, I mean, nowadays you find yourself in a pretty unique position where the AFL level or the AFL club doesn't have its own reserves team, but actually is aligned with the club, similar to, you know, the Box Hill Hawks. Um, Now the Eagles have their own reserves. What's the relationship like between Peel and Freya? And what's it like to to work with those guys like Peter Bell up at the AFL level? 
We're all pretty good people. So to start off with, the, the people you work with are top quality men. They wouldn't be in those roles if they weren't. So you never doubt their their capabilities. What's difficult is, is marrying together two, um, two clubs, uh, desires and, and wants out of an alignment. So Fremantle want their players to be developed in positions they might play and and uh, and Peel definitely want to con- have continued success and to develop their own. So clearly there are times where there's where there's uh, you know a bit of anguish based on uh, the the wants of, of either club, and that's part of the challenge of coaching or managing um, through the aligned through an aligned club. No different to to a lot of there's probably only about three or four aligned clubs I think going around. There's many now with uh, with their own team in the in the feeder competitions. Absolutely, and I mean you've done a fantastic job over the last nine seasons of doing it. Um, now that you are stepping away, who do you think? Um, let's say, who are the players that you think are going to step up within the club to try and carry on that legacy of, of success and you know that working relationship? Who do you see as the big stars coming up through the Peel ranks? I think firstly, Peel, we're going to have a. We normally have three or four. Uh, players either retire or um, change at the end of this year, and that'll be no different this year. Will Schofield has already left, and there may be one or two others that go along that path. I think the club, though, is in wonderful uh, position given some of the young players. Tyrone Thorne is a wonderful player. Um, Michael Randall's really stood stood up um, and become what I think will be uh, an elite midfielder in the competition. Um, you've got young players like Sandy Brock and Brody Lake who are forcing, forging their career even though in their first year. Then you've got some good leaders like Ben Hancock and Blair Bell. So I think the club's in very good uh, hands right now. Oh, I'm glad to hear you say that. And just coming off the back of that, how does it feel for you coming off nine seasons to, to retire and move on? How are you, How are you feeling at the moment? Well, you know, I don't know if it's a retirement at the moment. What what we've done is we've made a um, a mutual decision that um, after nine years being at Peel, is is we've achieved a lot, and um, we think it's sort of leaving for both Peel, Fremantle, and myself. Us all with with great uh, fond memories and, and look forward to the future. So we don't know what the future's are hold, um, but certainly the journey. At Peel will end in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, we'll always look back on it with great fondness. Absolutely, and you've alluded to, to you know you can't say much about what comes next. But do you do you hope to stay in the footy world? Do you hope to get another coaching job? I mean, what's next for next year for you? Well, I think um, I really enjoy footy, and I think I've still got something to offer uh, WA football. So um, my thoughts are: I would sit back at the end of the year. Assess how everything's going, and um, and to see if there's opportunity out there, and then uh, don't jump in just because there's a job. Let's make sure that it's right for the organisation and myself at the time. If there, if there was something to be done, awesome. You've been a joy to chat to, Cam. Thank you so much. Congratulations on a nine-year career, and good luck on your last two games of the season, mate. Thanks, Dan. You're a champ. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> If you're loving the Monday Waffle podcast, make sure you head to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Monday Waffle for more awesome content. And while you're there, give us a like. 
time now for our tips for round 21. All of these games happening next week on Saturday, the 28th of August. An early game at 12.40, we have Peel Thunder taking on Perth Demons down at David Gray's Arena. And I've got to say, Peel, after their convincing comeback last weekend against the Eagles, they'll take this one easily against the Demons. Demons just haven't been showing up lately, and I'd love to see them have a bit of fight, but unfortunately, Peel, um, I think, are going to take this one out. Going back to our 210 games, all four. We've got Claremont versus the Eagles at Revo Fitness Stadium. Claremont obviously trying to get up in the four, trying to get that double chance. So they'll be fighting hard, and I think they'll take down the Eagles pretty swiftly. We've got the Sharks taking on the Falcons at New Choice Homes Park. I think the Sharks have been the greatest revelation of the past few games. They've played extremely well, but so have the Falcons. They've stormed home to finish the season, and they'll be looking for that top spot. They're only sitting in third, one game behind. So they'll be right revved up. So it'll be a close game, but I think the Falcons will indeed take this one out. Going on to our next game, it's a Leeville Lobel Derby. The Royals versus the Subiaco Lions at 210. The Subiaco are really hoping to keep top spot, but they've been a bit on and off lately. And the Royals, they're looking to finish their season off strong. So it'll be a tight one, but I think the Lions will take this one out easily. And now the Bulldogs taking on the Swan Districts down at Fremantle Community Bank Oval. The Swans have shown that they can get into the top five. They've beaten the other teams in the bottom five, but they haven't really shown what they can do against the top four teams. Now, this could be considered a pre-final for the Swans. Do they have what it takes to go through the final series? The question will be answered at 2.10 this Saturday. So make sure you get down if you have the chance, but I think the Bulldogs will be taking this one out pretty easily. That's our tips for round 21. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Monday Waffle. That's all we've got time for today. Sorry it was just me. I hope the sound of my voice didn't annoy you too much. But I think that the footy we saw this weekend was enough to make up for it. Three games decided by less than six points. How exciting is that? So hopefully we'll have more games like that. We've got five games next week. So make sure you try and head down to the grounds. And make sure you catch next week's episode of the Monday Waffle. Wherever you get your podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, anything like that. Reach out on our socials. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Monday Waffle. If you've got some feedback for us, something you'd like to see, make sure you chuck us a message, and we'd love to hear from you. That's all from us for now. We'll see you next week. Adios. Thanks for listening to The Monday Waffle, proudly brought to you by the students from ECU Broadcasting. 